Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, a very good morning to you today. How are you doing? Are you doing well? Yes, some vocal feedback. I'm a big fan of vocal feedback, so um, feel free to do that this morning. Um, it's so good to be with you um, today. If we haven't met, my name's Tebo, and um, it's just a joy to be able to serve you this morning around the Word of the Lord. And uh, shout out to everybody watching online. Big cuddle from me. Um, so glad that you would take the time as well to join us, whether you're watching now or later on in the week. Um, also, just so special to have you tuning in. Uh, the Lord is doing some exciting things. Massimo, where are you? Come on. Um, the Lord is doing some exciting things. Uh, you forgot, you forgot. Come on. Um, the Lord is doing exciting things in our midst, and um, it's just, it's amazing. We're, we're in this series um, where we're looking at the presence of the Lord. And um, I want to look at uh, Solomon's temple this morning, um, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If you've got a Bible, who still brings a Bible to church? Um, let's dive in. Do wave it at me if you do. Um, otherwise, um, you know, as I was just thinking about um, this morning, I really had a couple of sentiments um, for us all, just encourage you from the outset. Number one, um, the Lord is faithful. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but um, He's faithful. And secondly, He will show up for you. I wanna show you that in the text today. Um, but I just believe, man, the Lord is wanting to show up for us today. There's just so much going on. I look around in a room like this, there's, there's a lot going on. I understand the times that we're living in and we all do, I guess. And, you know, but there's just a hunger I sense right now all across our city, the nation, the world, dare I say, for truth, for uh, the presence of the Lord. And um, I'm just believing today that the Lord just unlocks something in all of us. And this moment we're gonna look at in Second uh, Chronicles chapter number seven, King Solomon has just finished praying, dedicating uh, a brand new temple that has just been built uh, to the Lord. And um, he finishes praying and let's pick it up in verse number one. It says this, when Solomon finished praying, fire fell down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord, because the glorious presence uh, filled it, of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down to the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, He is good and His faithful love endures forever. I want to have a, a little conversation with you this morning, not long, two and a half, three hours max. I promise you'll be home by 4 p.m. at least. Um, I want to talk this morning about this hope that I still have, the hope of His glory, the difference maker, the game changer, the glory of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank You this morning that You are here. Father, we, we thank You for Your Word that's, that's alive, that's active, that's sharp. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, Your Word is able to get into the spaces and places in our hearts that 
perhaps nothing else can get into. And you know what? Some of us needed to do that this morning. Lord, if Your Word needs to challenge today, my prayer is that it does just that. Let it stir faith if it needs to. Let it heal, let it restore. Father, I pray let Your Word bring clarity to the journey of faith that we are all on this morning. Lord God, come by Your Spirit today, whatever level of desperation. Lord, You are able to meet us. So come now, we pray in Jesus' Name. And someone with faith said, Amen. Amen. Can we thank Massimo for helping me uh, sound spiritual? Uh, It's amazing. That's a good clap. This morning we had a golf clap, but that was a good clap. The hope of His glory. So uh, up until about, uh, uh, up until this point in our text that we've just uh, read this morning, for 200 years, God's people had been worshiping God in a tent called the tabernacle. And And in this tent, God would would speak to His people. He would let them know that that He's present, that He is with us, that He's there. The Ark of the Covenant was inside this tabernacle. The Ark was um, like kind of like a big box kind of thing that represented the very presence of God. It was was there. Uh, This tent though was a temporary Place because Solomon's father David had had a desire to build a house where God would be would be worshipped. But if you go back and read the story in First Chronicles, uh, God had actually for, forbidden Solomon's father David from building this temple. In other words, he could dream it, but he couldn't reach it. He could design it, but he couldn't touch it. But you know what, God still used David significantly in preparing for the building of this temple. Uh, Another message perhaps regarding how the Lord is able to build on the ashes of a previous generation. No time to unpack that today, but perhaps another day. So God gives Solomon permission to, to build this temple. And my first sense for us here this morning is that the Lord in the room online is giving us permission. Yeah, I sense the permission of heaven this morning to dare to dream again, to go perhaps where others have never been, to go further, to carry the baton, to run the next lap of the race, to tell the next chapter of the story. So Solomon does just that. He sees the temple built and let me tell you, this thing, this thing was impressive. I mean, I love architecture. You can find me on themodernhouse.com if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Most days, marveling at beautiful architecture and design, like that's my thing. So when I read about this temple and I imagine this temple, I immediately get a big dopamine fix where I feel good. And you know, I've got to say that thinking about this temple has had me thinking this week about the temples that we build in our own lives. The education, the illustrious career that you have, the social status, the idealistic version of ourselves that we want people to see and to admire. 
the homes, the family, the ministry, the mates, the accolades, for the most part, impressive. Impressive. But you know what? As I look at our text today, as I even circle back uh, even more, you quickly realise that it wasn't the architecture of the building that was impressive. It wasn't the marble columns that were striking, the floors, the gold surfaces. It isn't the premium black frames on these windows. I mean, just just marvel, come on. And the brick around it. It isn't the premium chairs that you get to kick back on and relax in tonight. It's not the premium worship team that we get to enjoy the premium sound system, the premium uh, audio visual if you're online. Uh, Show me a more premium church building in all of Birmingham. I mean, I like it here. I'm comfortable. Are you comfortable here? Yeah, (laughs) you are. Yeah. Yeah, I know you are. It's nice. It's not too cold this week, right? Yeah, you're good. Last week, chilly, right? Yeah. (laughs) Got a scarf on there though. Okay, sorry about that if the temperature is still high. Listen, it's not it's, 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 not, it's not the building. I'm realizing in my hunger, uh, and Tim touched on this a little bit last week, God doesn't show up for buildings. He shows up for hearts. And that's what I wanna do this morning. That's what we do when we come up here. We wanna talk to hearts. He shows up for hearts. He shows up for hungry hearts, desperate hearts, surrendered hearts, willing hearts. He shows up because there is a people who desire to honour Him in worship. You know, for five years, uh, my wife Becky and I, uh, we had the privilege of leading a small pop-up church uh, just uh, from around the corner prior to coming here. Ronya was there in those, de- in those days and a few others. And you know what? I just remember that, you know, we, we, we didn't have the luxury. We couldn't rely on a building because we were in a different room every Sunday. But there is something there's something about whenever we came together, I just remember the Lord just showing up. You know, I wonder this morning, whatever it is that we're building, whatever you're building in your life right now, can the Lord show up and take a seat in it? Well, because that's, that's His desire. His desire, the overarching, mes- the overarching message of this book is that God's desire is to be with us. He wants relationship with you and I. Man, when God sits in on man or woman's work, when He sits in on our efforts, that's what I want Him to do. I want, to, I want Him to sit in on whatever it is that, that I'm building. I don't want to build it if He's not going to be in it. I don't want to do that. I, I actually don't have the time for that in, in this season of my life. I don't want to build it if he's not in it, can he, can he take his seat in what you're doing? Why? Because his glory makes the difference. It's his presence that, that makes the difference in our lives. Time out of, the prayer, out of the sermon this morning for a quick prayer. Lord, Lord, fill our marriages with your glory. Yeah. yeah fill our homes, Jesus, with your glory, with your presence. Fill our kids. Fill this church with your glory. God's desire is to dwell in the midst of His people. He desires to be with us. And so in our text, we've come to this moment where this temple, this, I mean, this beautiful temple has been 
has been built and, and King Solomon sends up a prayer. Go and read the prayer. It's pretty good. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. I read it in worship just to stir my faith. It'll stir your faith. Um, and so... And so here in chapter seven, we see what happens as a result of this prayer. I've got some questions for the text. Is it okay if I ask the text some questions? I've got some things I'm wondering. Um, number one, what prompts God to show up in our midst? Why does He come? Why? Why does He come? Back to chapter five, the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant, this, 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 this presence of the Lord into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place. What King Solomon focuses on, in fact, in chapter 5 from about verse 2 to 15, was bringing the Ark of the Covenant to the temple, which was in the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies. And so this is a place that is so holy, priests can only enter it like once a year. And this is significant for us to understand here today in Birmingham in 2023. Um, because it speaks to the fact that above all else, you and I must refocus our attention to the centrality of the importance of God's presence in our midst. That's what we need to understand and we need to consider when we step into environments like this, the importance of the presence of God being the center of it all. It's no use just singing about it. But it's another thing to live it, to walk in it, to step in it. If He's going to come, if we want Him to come, which we do, if we're looking for His glory, it's important to understand that, you know, when, we're not looking for entertainment when we show up here. When we tune in, we're not, we're not looking for entertainment. It's important that we're not just here for a good time. I love a good time. But in this place, we call upon the name of Jesus. And we know what happens when we call upon the name of Jesus. Every knee must bow. Every idol, think about the idols that we build up in our lives. They must bow at the, at the mention of Jesus' name. Every sickness must bow. Every tongue must confess. When we lift up the name of Jesus, I dare you to call on the name of Jesus this morning. There's still power in His name. There's still resurrection power, healing power in the name of Jesus. And some of us, we, there's just, there's, 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 we just feel dead in our spirits in this season, defeated by life. Oh, but man, I'm excited because I just I sense the Lord resurrecting our spirits here this morning. I'm a, uh, look, I'm a, I'm a fan of good theology, sound doctrine, okay? And I'll speak for myself here when I say this, but I'm not sure it's, it's enough for me. Sometimes I fall short of my good theology and my sound doctrine. Sometimes I do. Sometimes the way in which I carry myself doesn't always align with who the Lord is calling me to be. Sometimes I'm proud. Sometimes I'm short. Sometimes I've got a bad attitude. Sometimes, believe it or not, I'm ungrateful. Sometimes I want to get even. No one in this room, just me. I am preaching to myself. Don't, don't come up here and rugby tackle me, okay? Speaking of rugby. <laughs> come on, the boca. Um, anyway, sorry, I digress. Paul articulates this so well in uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 15, where he says, I don't really understand myself. 
For I do what is right, uh, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Can anybody relate to that? Come on, you know what you need to do. Come on, just three hands. The rest of you are liars in church, okay? You're lying. So I, I, I have good intentions. I desire to wake up every morning and do a workout. It's my desire. Doesn't always line up. I, do, I don't really understand myself. For I do what is right, but I, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it instead. I do what I hate. Hey, listen, if I'm not reminded, if I'm not reminded of the centrality of His presence, I, I can come here on a Sunday, so can you, and you can leave and not even be aware of God's presence in your life. I mean, that's a scary place. I never want to get to a space in my faith, in my journey. You know, sometimes I do, right? And it's tough. And sometimes we all do. But it's a scary place where we can come and engage and lift our hands and leave. And actually, you know what? I, I don't need, I'm not even aware of God's presence in my life. Look at this word from God to Sol Solomon receives later on in the text in verse 14. If my people, come on, you know it, who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. You know, most of the time, especially now, you know, with the state of the nation, let's be honest, we can be honest here at the 1130. Um, most of the time we seek His hand and His blessings over His face. David says in Psalm 27 verse eight, my heart says of you, seek His face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. What does it look like for a church in the city center of Birmingham or wherever it is you are that seeks the face of the Lord. Above anything else, our desire is to see Jesus. Why does He come? Perhaps He comes because we seek His face in prayer. I'm struck by, I'm struck by His desire in chapter six, Solomon's desire to, to, to meet with God. Let me just read just a small, a small chunk in verse 14 to 15. Oh Lord, He says, God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven and earth. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you wholeheartedly in devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant, David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands. You have fulfilled it today. Solomon understands that the legacy he received from his father, David, he understands the legacy he received from his father, David. So he comes to the Lord with the very same in intensity, understanding the value of prayer. It's not the amount of time that we spend that makes our prayers meaningful. It's the oil, the oil that, that comes from the crushing. Sometimes we have to thank the Lord for the crushing because it's producing something in you. Some of you need to be encouraged by that today. There is production happening in your life right now. It doesn't feel like it because it's painful, but the Lord is producing in you steadfastness, resilience. He's building your faith so you can face tomorrow's giants and He's got peculiar ways of doing it. Most of the time it's tough. It just is, like, it's not my fault. This is tough, but, but He's establishing you this morning. Oh, come on, He's establishing you this morning. He's building you up. He's speaking faith into your heart. 
He's stirring your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm a little bit passionate about it, but I've stopped apologizing for it too. So you have to just deal with it. <laughs> oh man, I, I sense the Spirit of the Lord doing a deep work. Here this morning, thank the Lord for the crushing. It's the desire we have, it's our willingness. You know, willingness isn't a glamorous word. We're not gonna shout about it. You're not gonna say amen, I, I get it, okay? For willingness, how boring. But the Lord is just looking for a, a willing heart in us this morning, that's it. Come on, come on, parents. Willingness. Come on, young adult in the room. Just willingness. Just to come to the Father. That's, that's, all, he's, that's all he's looking for. Solomon understands that his father was a godly man that, has, that had his own relationship, his own personal relationship with the Lord. And though there's a point to be made, you know, another message to be preached here, something to be said about the inheritance that is available to us, for us today, because of the seeds sown, the sacrifices of a previous generation. And if you're confused by that, all you have to do is just look around at what we get to enjoy. But someone has gone before us and they've given and they've sown and they've prayed and they've prepared the ground for us to step into today. There's, there's more to be said on that. But Solomon is demonstrating in this prayer in chapter six that he's not just living on that legacy of a previous generation. He wants his own experience. And I've got to let you into my secrets this morning. I want my own experience. I want my own experience because I've heard all the stories. I've heard about all the revivals and the renewals of 1960, whatever it was. But my prayer today is, Lord, would you do it again? Would you do it again? Would you pour out your spirit? I don't care how you do it. Do it the same, do it different. But Lord, do it again for my generation. I want my own touch. I still have a hope in this glory. I want to taste and see. Does anybody in the room want to taste and see for themselves that the Lord is good and that His faithful love endures forever? Perhaps He comes because we seek His face. Second question for the text. What happens when he comes? What happens? Come on, back to chapter seven. Let's, let's go to verse one. He says this, he said, the Bible says, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Listen, when God shows up, it's, it's, not, it's not to flex. Okay, he doesn't need to do that. He's, he's God. He shows up to reveal who he is. He shows up to reveal his character. Acts chapter two, you know what happened on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, suddenly a sound from heaven. Woo, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages and the Holy, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Listen, when the Lord shows up, it's to introduce Himself. And for some of us this morning, it's to reintroduce Himself. He wants to, he wants to reintroduce Himself to us this morning. In the same chapter, Peter couldn't even finish preaching. When 3,000, 3,000 came and were added to the church, when we thirst and when we hunger for Jesus, the fire of the Holy Spirit comes. 
And when the Holy Spirit comes, there's conviction in our hearts. Back to the text, the fire burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. I mean, King Solomon had killed thousands of sheep and goats and uh, cattle, rather. I mean, that's what they did back then. You know, their the, the sacrifice, it, it, it provoked God and His glory sat down on the sacrifice. Um, personal note, just as me, I've just written my notes here. I'm preaching to myself, but I've often wondered sometimes if, if the reason that I can't get the Lord to sit down on my endeavours, is it because I've had at times no sacrifice? And take it a step further with the question, is it about sacrifice or is it about obedience? I wonder if the Lord not only delights in our sacrifices, but also in our obedience. I wonder if there is an entire generation out there that we haven't talked to about obedience. If you're between the ages of 18 and 23 and we haven't talked to you about obedience, that's our bad. And let me be the first to apologize about that, but I wonder if these sacrifices are an expression of a desire for these people to obey God. And is it true about the sacrifices that you and I make on a day-to-day basis? Because truth be told, sometimes it is hard. I don't know about you, but this faith life sometimes is tricky. Can I get one or two and a half witnesses in the room? Thank you, sir. Bless you. Thank you. I see that hand. Um, it's hard. It's hard to stay the course. I mean, I mean, it's tough to, to keep the faith, not only for our generation, but the generation to come and, and, and the teenagers and our children's children. Hey, it's, it's a wrestle sometimes. I hear the Lord, I, I hear the Lord say to me though sometimes, I, I cannot accept and burn what you're not willing to put on the altar. These are the tough conversations I have with the Lord. Okay, I don't know what conversations you have with the Lord, but, I, but I, he, comes, he comes for me sometimes. And listen, if, if you're not willing to put it on the altar, how can I burn it up? And I understand these tough conversations with the Lord because I, I, because I realize that he's, he's doing a deep work in me. He's, he's refining me. I'm trying to break some of the cycles in in my life, some of the cycles of of generational trauma that that I still carry remnants of even as I've been renewed in Christ. Mindset, mentality, ways of thinking, negativity, apathy, spiritual apathy sometimes when I just can't be bothered to pick up the Word. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to break it in my life. Unresolved conflict. Who's got an unresolved conflict in the room? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Appreciate your honesty. Yeah, we, some of us have got unresolved conflicts and it's, it's killer. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to break that in my life. Hence the tough cause, fear of change. Some, some of us, we fear change. I could go on and add yours to the list. I'm trying to break free. I'm trying to stay free. And that's not gonna happen because I just wanna come up here, you know, and just come to this place and just feel good, you know? No, it's gonna come because because of what I put on the altar for Him to burn up. The the Lord is gonna burn some things up in this place here today. I'm excited about that. Some of us love an altar. Some of you, like, you can't wait to get down to the altar. In fact, when you heard that we were starting a night called Altar on a Wednesday night, you were beside yourself. (laughs) 
You're like, yes, finally that church is thinking about me. But what's the point of an altar if there's no transformation? Oh man, I'm believing for transformation in this season. That when we come to the altar of the presence of God, that we don't leave the same, but we leave changed and transformed. And we don't go back to the old life, but we step into the new. We're opening up the altar of transformation from here on at, at our gatherings. On a more fun note, perhaps not, Romans 12, 1. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. You know, thank God we're not you know, obliged to bring uh, animal sacrifices um, today. Uh, some of you, thankfully for that, because some of you, you know, are cat lovers, okay? Now, I don't know why, actually, because cats probably can be offered up to the Lord. Um, <laughs> can I get a witness? No, yeah. Yeah, so you're like, no, I'm sorry, okay. We could probably offer up cats to the Lord. Oh my goodness, I've got to confess this. A week ago, I ran over a baby deer in a country lane. I know, I know, I know. It, I was devastated. Zoe was in the car, it was her fault. She was talking too much. I just came out of nowhere and just, anyway, sorry, that was a sacrifice. Um, worship team, just come up here and, before it gets chaotic. And, <laughs> Now wrap this up. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still dealing with it. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing my therapist this week, and so I've got a lot to discuss. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. You gotta have fun in church sometimes. You know, gotta laugh a little bit. You know, yeah. Come on, come on. Otherwise, it's just so serious. You know, like some, you know, some of us are just serious. You know, like, you know, relax. You know, just the heart of the Lord. Ah, oh, we must desire the Lord more than anything in this season. That's my message today. It's really simple. Is that we must desire the Lord more than anything. Put aside the hindrances going forward. Put them aside. The, also known as glory killers, as I like to call them. What are they for you? Comfort? Have we become like super comfortable. And I've got to say, like, I feel like we make it really easy to be comfortable around you. Like your kids are chilling right now. Like they are good. Like, like they are like no worries. Like, like, but man, comfort, ugh, dangerous. I mean, these days we have to do announcements. We didn't do it this morning. We did it at 9.30. We have to plead with people. Hey, 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 come and join the hello and welcome team in 2023. Like there's 300 people in the room. We can't get two of you to serve a cup of tea. I mean, those, those are just not the announcements we need in 2023. The announcements we need today are that we need a new building. We need to move into the arena on Sundays because the glory is hitting the city in a way like we've never seen it before. The people are hungry. The people are desperate. The people are longing for Jesus. The people are sick and tired of, 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 just, of just playing church and just showing up. Who wants to just show up? I wanna be transformed. I wanna go from strength to strength in my faith. That's why we need the grandparents in the room. Any grandparents in the room, give me a wave. Three, yes, four, come on. We need the grandparents. The generals in the house, praying for us, encouraging young 19 year olds like myself. I've been 19 since I came to this church. <laughs> uh, the glory, boundaries. Let me talk to the boundary crew. You know, like the 
busy people, you know, like I don't, you know, anyway. Boredom, maybe you feel bored in church. I don't know, maybe that's a hindrance, you know, like you've been coming to church for years and maybe you just feel a bit bored. I just, you know, my prayer for you is that the Lord would, would, would disrupt you this week. You're like, no, I don't receive that prayer. But Bob Sorge says this, I've shared this before, when heaven in, in his book, When Heaven Invades Earth, God's glory, let me tell you, is disruptive. It's untamed, it's uncontrollable, it's unstoppable and dangerously all-consuming. It destroys agendas, calendars, service orders, song lists, and carefully devised plans. It frustrates, it exposes, it confounds, it renders powerless the controlling mechanisms of church leaders. Glory is dangerous and revolutionary. It's explosive, it's undomesticated, volatile, divisive, and invasive. Glory smashes like it smashes in like a tidal wave, washing away the safety nets and lines of familiarity that have helped us feel secure. The clock might establish when gathering starts, but it's useless in determining when it might stop. Buildings become overcrowded when the glory hits. Restrooms can hardly be kept clean enough. Children seem to be everywhere. Critics bound, the neighbors complain, too noisy. Cars park sideways, this is our prayer. God disrupt us. Disrupt every plan this week. Yeah, some of you can't handle that control. You like to be in control. You're eyeballing me right now. You're thinking, I'm gonna come and have a word with you. <laughs> and the Lord is just saying, hey, just let go and, and, and allow me to, to take care of that. Let me take care of your kids. Let me take care of your marriage. I had a sense in my spirit that the Lord is, is saving marriages. I don't know why it's on my spirit in this season, but the Lord is restoring. Ah. Here's my final question for the text. What's the result of His presence? I have, I have to ask. Verse uh, two, three, the priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because of the glorious presence of the Lord. It filled it. When the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, He's good. His faithful love endures forever. What's the result of His presence? Um, reverence. When we are made aware of God's presence, we realize that we have received a mercy that we don't even deserve. He wants our lives. Gastry, listen to me this morning. God wants your life. He wants your life. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Nick Drake will touch on this in, in just a few weeks, a bit more. But the fact is that now the purpose of the temple has been fulfilled in Jesus. And though we don't have to offer up animal sacrifices, it's crucial that we understand that we are called to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are offered up through faith in Jesus. In fact, the entire sacrificial system of the Bible points to Jesus. Today, Jesus is the full revelation of the heavenly Father's mercy, grace, and compassion. This glory is not something physical. It's not, it's a revelation of the character of God in Jesus. Remember Philip saying, hey, hey, we wanna see the Father, show us, show us the Father. Jesus said, hey, if you've seen me, I'm seeing the Father. Jesus is able to show the world the character, the greatness of God. The revelation of His glory comes through the presence of Jesus. Therefore, true reverence is not 
the number of worship nights you attend. You can go to every altar there is under the sun. It's not the amount of soaking you can do. It's the willingness to be transformed into the very image of Jesus. That's reverence. The willingness to be transformed into the image of Jesus. The kind of reverence that God is looking for is transformation. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious presence. Only, not only was there reverence, but there was worship. When we, get in his, when we get to His presence, when we get into His presence, there's no choice but to worship. There's no choice but to, to lift a hand and to, and to cry in your own way. You know, we don't all worship the same. You know, some of us like to dance. Some of us like to just sit and think. You know, it's great. They fell face down. When I was younger, I found it hard sometimes coming to church. You know, granted our services were like four hours long. Yeah, you remember. Mm. I find it hard, but I realized, man, you know what? I just hadn't been transformed yet. And you know, these gatherings will be hard for some. They will. Some will find it hard. I've been finding it hard, if I'm being honest with you, the last couple of months in these gatherings. Like there've been times when I haven't been able to, to open my mouth. I just couldn't do it. I had to pull out a preaching here a, couple, couple, a month or so ago. I just couldn't do it anymore. I thought, you know what? I'm done. I'm done preaching, whatever. Yeah. I was wrestling with God. Like I was wrestling with God. I was wrestling with the enemy. I was wrestling with myself. I didn't know who I was fighting half the time. Come on, come on. Sometimes we don't even know who we're fighting with. You're just kicking off. <laughs> and you're thinking, what's going on? But, but thank God for Jesus, who always causes us to triumph. Always causes us to triumph. But He's good. His faithful love endures forever. And you know what? I still have a hope in this glory. Anybody else? Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, I've still got a hope in this glory. He's good. His faithful love endures forever. So until then, let this holy temple glow. Let this holy temple glow. I summarize. Number one, for the note takers, bring your life to the altar. Be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Chill in His presence. Let's stand. Raise your hands towards heaven. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you. Thank you. Th come on, thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Lift your voice. Come on, thank Him. Just thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. You're faithful. You're kind. You're strong. Ah, what a mighty God we serve. Powerful. Faithful. Bring to mind that which needs to be put on the altar this morning. We don't have time to get you all out, but just bring that to mind. Thank you, Jesus, as we wait on the Lord and as uh, Mike and Ronya come up and just guide us. Just wait on the Lord as He renews your strength, as He fills you with 
strength, courage. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.